Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones with another Quiet Talk to share with you today. We have just moved to Kerrville, Texas, where I'm now the rector of uh, St. Michael's Anglican Church here. Um, welcome to Texas. I'm glad you're here with me enjoying this balmy weather. It's a little rainy today, but at least it's not in the single ditches. We're happy to be here. We know that God has led us to this new place of ministry, and we still cover your prayers. My wife and I and our family have moved many times in our life together. Sometimes the ministry is like that. I tell people that I've moved a lot because I've gotten run out of town so many times, but life has been an adventure. Living in different places around the country has been instructive. I've met people in various places who have lived in the same area all of their lives. I have to say that sometimes they have funny ideas about the people in other parts of this nation. Debbie and I are from Memphis, as were our parents. My dad attended Bible college in Chicago, and he knew a guy there, also from the South. This guy would tell people that he never wore a pair of shoes until he was 16 years old, and they sucked it right up. I'm sure he got a great laugh out of their gullibility. Well, Saying that, there's a part of me that envies folks who get to stay in one place all their lives. Moving is hard, especially at my age. But whether you've moved around a lot or stayed home, life is full of changes. You move from babyhood to childhood, to being a teenager, to leaving home and establishing yourself as an adult. But the changes don't stop there. You have children who grow up and leave, and on and on it goes. Some people resist this normal aspect of human existence. They really don't want to move on from certain periods of their lives. I've known people who were popular in high school that were perhaps athletes who were part of a winning team. While they couldn't stay in high school forever, I've gotten the impression that from some people that they would if they could. They moved on, but in their hearts, they have stayed in those glory days. This is not good. I want to talk about somebody in the Bible, somebody I've talked about before in these podcasts, who went through some major changes in his life. His name was Joseph. If anybody had glory days in his youth, it was this guy. He was in a big family, but was his father's favorite, and he got certain perks that the others didn't. I should point out that Joseph didn't ask to be the favorite. It had a lot to do with the polygamy practiced in the time. Joseph's mom was his father's favorite wife, to borrow a phrase from the old Cary Grant movie. Joseph had 11 brothers, and all but one of them had different mamas, from him, that is. His brothers didn't like him because he was daddy's favorite. They were planning to murder him, but ended up selling him into slavery, and he was carried down to Egypt. Joseph goes from prosperity and being daddy's favorite to being a slave in a strange land. How would you react to a situation like this? Joseph reacted well to this transition. He could have become bitter, but instead, he served his new Egyptian master well. He did so well that the Bible says Potiphar, that was the name of his boss, put everything into Joseph's 
hands, and he didn't know anything about what was going on with his estate. He trusted Joseph so much. But Potiphar's wife was not a nice lady, and she wanted to sleep with Joseph. He resisted her because he said, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? What godly character. He was far from home and could have said to himself, nobody will ever know about this. Why not? But he didn't. He was a godly man. Uh, But this woman scorned, accused him of rape, and he was thrown in jail. Another unfortunate transition in his life. Did he become bitter about this injustice? No. He remained a faithful man to whom the head of the jail entrusted everything there. And again, Joseph proved to be an excellent administrator. After many years in captivity, Joseph interpreted two dreams of two men that had been incarcerated by the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh. After a time, and it was a while, one of the men, having been released, told Pharaoh about this man in jail who could interpret dreams. He was brought before Pharaoh to interpret his dream and ended up becoming the prime minister of Egypt. Pharaoh's dream portended a famine that would come on all the land, not just Egypt. After seven years of great harvests, Joseph led the nation to lay aside enough grain during the seven prosperous years to see them through the famine. He ended up saving the lives not only of Egyptians, but of his own brothers back in Canaan who came to him to buy food. At first, they didn't recognize him, but when he revealed himself, he assured them that he forgave them. He took care of these brothers who had hated him and wanted him dead. A beautiful picture in the Old Testament of what God did in Christ centuries later. What can we learn from the story of this noble character from so long ago? Many things, of course, but what I want you to notice today is how Joseph accepted the changes in his life, even though many of them were really bad. Getting falsely accused of rape and being thrown in prison for years is no fun, I imagine. The famous serenity prayer popularized by Alcoholics Anonymous contains much wisdom. I found a longer version online, and I think it's really good. It says this, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. Jesus' version is shorter. It goes like this. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus went through changes in his life, not the least of which was exchanging the glory of heaven at his Father's right hand for a human life on this broken planet and enduring all the things that we have to deal with here. I can't think of a greater change than that but he did it with grace. He accepted his father's will, and it wasn't easy. 
I'm sure that at times your life is not easy either. How shall we respond to life's inevitable changes? We respond by maintaining that moment-by-moment relationship with the one who never changes. There's one fixed point in our lives, and it is the eternal God who has revealed himself in the person of his Son. There's a reason that a certain symbol is used often in the Bible. Here is one example of many from Psalm 31. For you are my rock and my fortress, and for your name's sake you lead me and guide me. Our rock leads us and guides us through all the changes of life. One of my favorite hymns says, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Your life is always changing. People change. The world is changing. Not for the better, I'm afraid. But Jesus never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen to these beautiful words from the hymnal. Be still, my soul. The Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to thy God to order and provide. In every change, he faithful will remain. Be still, my soul, thy best, thy heavenly friend, through thorny ways leads to a joyful end. Thank you, Lord God, that you are our rock, that you never change, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can come to you anytime in any situation and call out to you, and you will listen to us and you will hear us. You will be with us always until the end of the age. God bless my listeners, especially those that may be going through unpleasant changes in their lives. Give them your grace to keep their eyes on Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Well, here I am in Texas, and I'm going to ask you now to pray uh, for the church where I am the rector of St. Michael's and All Angels Anglican Church in Kerrville, Texas. Remember us in your prayers. And as always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. May God richly bless you.